Amen. Amen. Help, Lord. You are moving. I want to respond to your call. Now, bless this time. I hope you're, I hope you're blessed. And I hope you're ready to receive. Have you turned off everything that could cause you a distraction? You know, I have a, uh, I have an, I have an iPod. And I have one of those little deals that you can plug into the cigarette lighter and it can run through my radio. It's a FM modulator or an FM transmitter. And for some reason, when I get off of 111 and I get on 10th Street and I start heading toward town and I get to Old Kentucky Road, I get interference. Something right in there causes me interference. I don't know if it's uh, the Motorola place that's sending out such a strong signal, but it interrupts my signal. And that's what we don't want to happen when God's word starts to be proclaimed. Like as Rex has been, been sharing, let me tell you, the presence of God is here. And we don't want the distraction. We need to learn to identify the distraction and remove it. You know, sometimes I can change my radio station to a clearer signal so that when I'm sitting there, I don't get the distraction. That's a response to hearing. We need to learn to hear God's voice and learn what the, what is not God's voice and learn how to tune the other one out. You ever used to use those rabbit ears? Those young people don't have any idea what I'm talking about. But you'd have to get it just right. And then you got it. And then maybe somebody sneezes and it goes out again. And you never do worry. You never do wonder, do I need to go change it? Do I need to go fix it? You go fix it. It's important. When the cable goes out, everybody has a fit. You're going to miss their show. I'm about to meddle. I don't think I'll do this one. This one might be a little, a little bit edgy. I don't think I'll do that. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to show you that I actually do have a little bit of self-control. I know most of you don't think I have any, but I'm going to, I'm going to show you. It is, but it's not right. It would, it would probably be more hurtful than helpful, so I'm not going to do it. So if you all don't mind, let me, let me free you of that, all right? Okay. If I didn't say it already, Rex and Julian are going to be at a table in the back. I ask you to please go see them and just talk to them and love on them and encourage them and then let the Lord lead you. Today, today we're going to be talking about power. That's what all... Come on. That's what Rex was reading out of Chronicles, was power. That's what we were seeing as... Just turn that down a little bit. That was probably a little strong. We're going to get more of that as we go. Um, Them breaking ground was the power of God. Everything we saw on that screen was the power of God. And when we get tapped into that power, God is going to do it. We sit here and think, where is the power? How do we survive? The powerlessness that most of us feel all the time. Where do we get the power today in this crazy world that we live in? Where sick things seem to happen to good people. Where it seems that we live in a life of constant struggle. Where do we get the power to live with all those difficult questions that we have? And where do we get the power to keep going every day of our life? I hear power in children's ministry. 
There's power going on in there. The reality is God never promised you that life would be easy. Never. I think that sometimes we want to live in some little bubble where we think nothing is supposed to happen to me. That's not right at all. That is not what God said. Pain and suffering are everywhere. Not just in other states like Louisiana or Nevada or in other cities like uh, New Orleans or New York City or Las Vegas. Those are not the only cities with sin and pain and suffering. Or, or countries like Uganda. You know, we were, we, were, um, we were singing Here I Am to Worship. And I don't know if any of those of you that, that went with me to, to Uganda... I can't sing that song without seeing those children sing that song. The children had learned it. They sang it in a classroom. It was kind of like the youth room where it's cinder block walls, but a little bit smaller. But they sang it so loud that it just rang. It just was, it was like multi-stereo. It was coming from every direction. And they sang it so loud and with their heart and with passion. You know, something touches me when I hear that song now. But... You know, other nations that experience sin, they're not alone. That experience pain and suffering, they're not alone. Pain and sin are right here where we live. They are filling our neighborhoods and they're lurking in the hearts and the bodies of those sitting right next to you. Actually, right now there are senseless tragedies that are happening to people in this room because we are living powerless lives. If you were here Wednesday night, we talked about how we need to tap in to the power that Jesus gave us. He didn't just give us the power. He gave us the authority. Authority is different than power. They do go hand in hand. And when handled properly, it's very powerful. But when I have the authority, and when I have the authority of Jesus' name, This is what we're looking for. Your powerless life might not force you to a crazy shooting rampage, but it may keep you from living your life to the fullest. It may keep keep you from living the life that God intends you to live. Over the next few weeks, this is what we're going to be looking at. Where is the power? Where is the power? that we don't have to live a powerless life. And we don't have to look for other sources of power. God says, I want you to have my power and I want you to have it today. And every day, even in the midst of your pain and suffering. We sang again, um, you give and take away. My, um, my heart will choose to say, blessed be, the, blessed be your glorious name. That was Job, right in the midst of all his suffering. He said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But I want you to look at what Job said right in the middle of pain and suffering. You know, whenever you think of pain and suffering, I think of Jesus. But second from Jesus, I think of Job. A man that had everything and had everything taken away. Taken away his money, taken away his children, taken away his health. People laugh. The one thing that Satan did leave was a nagging wife. Somebody said hallelujah, and I'm not going (laughs) to. Well, that couldn't have been better timed. (laughs) 
But in the midst of Job's pain, he did not run away from God. It says in Job 6.10, it says, at least I can take comfort in this. Despite the pain, I have not denied the words of the Holy One. And the words of the Holy One that Job's referring to and that Job knows is a promise. And this promise is that we can experience God's unlimited, God's divine, God's supernatural power in our lives today. And He intends us to live in that power, even in the midst of our enduring our pain and our hardship. And God says, God doesn't just want us to talk about power. We come in and we talk about the things of God. God is not just a talker. He does not want us to just be a talker. He wants us to do something. If y'all haven't caught on to it, I think I'm going to stick to that. I've had a few sayings over my few years as pastor, but one of them that's going to stick is, why don't you do something? God likes it when you do something. He says in 1 Corinthians 4.20, it says the kingdom of God is not just, and one translation says, fancy talking. The kingdom of God is not just talking, but it's living, living by God's power. That's the kingdom of God. If you read, if you've been reading your one year Bible in church on Wednesday nights, we go, we go through the one year Bible uh, on Wednesday nights, the reading from the one year. I would encourage you. We sell one years here. I'm telling you, if you're not reading your Bible every day, go get a one year today. Let it change your life. But if you're reading your one year, the Lord has just revealed himself in the last week or so. He's revealed a name. He says, I am El Shaddai. I am your all-powerful God. I am the all-powerful God. I am El Shaddai. Say El Shaddai. Amen. God is power. You don't realize what you just said, but you just said God is power. And he's revealed himself this way. And he didn't just say it. Others through scripture said it. Said how powerful he was. In Psalm 68, 35. It says, God is awesome in his sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. Praise be to God. Just turn that down, Blake. God is awesome in his sanctuary. Can you feel it in this sanctuary today? God is awesome. Not only did we sing about how awesome he is, not only did you start to feel the power of God move, you saw how awesome he is. This is happening right here. If Rex had enough time to tell you, you wouldn't believe all the miracles that he's experienced in the provision and in the breakthrough in what's been happening at Mustard Seed Ranch. Not to mention who they've been, how God's been working and through Joy L. Hudson. God is awesome in his sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to who? You. That's the key of this verse. Is they're talking about me. He gives strength and power to me. Most of us in here, we don't question God's power. We believe God is a powerful God. I would probably say if we polled you and really went to the heart, went to your heart. I'm not saying you would just answer the question right. 
but you really believe that God is a powerful God. I don't think we doubt that. I don't think that you can keep from walking outside. And if you'll just take a moment to view a sunset or view some clouds or view the moon or view the sun or view a blade of grass that grows, view a tree, view a dogwood tree, that you would see the power of God. Watch an earthquake. You know, an earthquake hit four or five years ago, all the way down somewhere in lower Alabama, and it shook us. It woke me up. And that was hundreds and hundreds of miles away. God is powerful. But the question would be, what about me? I do believe God is powerful. I can go out here and see all the wonderful things. But is God's power available to me? And if it is, how do I get it? How do I get it? Those are the questions that we have. And I want to tell you, the answer is, is God is God's power for you? Yes. Yes, you can get God's power. He promised it. But before we look at how to access it, I want to paint a picture of good news to you. I want to give you four promises that God says. He says, I'll give you the power when... We're going to fill in the blank. There are more than just this, but these are what's relevant to us today. Number one, when can I count on God's power? When I'm wore out. You know, it's not something that we have got to have absolutely have ourselves positioned for. It says when I'm tired, God gives us gives us power. I'm going to show it to you scripturally. You know, funny question is. Is America tired? Yeah, that's all you hear. How's it going? Man, I'm just tired. What's been going on? Man, I'm just tired. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. Man, I'm tired. What do you mean you're tired? I'm tired. I'm tired. You know, we're wore out and we're wore down. We're beat down. We've allowed ourselves to get down. America has allowed themselves to get knocked down. I know that the United States is tired. You know, back in the 80s and 90s, we had this attitude of go out and get everything and achieve everything you can. And now that we've achieved it, we're too tired to access it. Our motto is, why stop and smell the roses when we can just plow right through them? I think that we can be renamed tired. But there's obvious ways that we can slow the pace in our lives. But even in the midst of this, God makes us a promise in Isaiah 40, verse 28. If you don't mind, turn it, turn the computer. Joe, turn the computer down on the, uh, on the board. Don't you know? Don't you know? Haven't you heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. He created all the world. He never grows tired or weary. No one understands his thoughts. He strengthens those who are weak and tired. Even those who are young grow weak. Young people can feel exhausted. But in the, but those who trust in the Lord for help will find their strength renewed. They will rise on wings like eagles. They will run and not get weary. They will walk and not grow weak. It said, a couple of them back, He strengthens those who are weak and tired. 
I know many of you, you need to memorize this verse. You need to put it beside your toothbrush. Do you remember uh, Joe McGee asking us to put it on our uh, on our uh, mirror as we're uh, as ladies are putting on makeup or men are shaving and that sort of thing? And keep reading the Ephesian scripture, saying, I'm, I, "I will do exceedingly abundantly more than you could think or ask." It's been branded into me because of that month that I covenanted that I promised to read. This is one that you need to have right there written for you, right there when you're brushing your teeth. You need to stamp it on your rearview mirror. You need to shave it into your dog's butt. So that when that dog's coming or going, you see, God's got power for me. You know, people do the little uh, stuff on their hair. You know, why not? It's not going to hurt that dog at all. Be a good reminder. Got to take that dog out all the time. I might as well be thinking about the Lord while I'm doing it. Forgive me for saying but, but it's as part of our life as anything else. It's as much a part of our life as brushing our teeth. Amen. By the way, put it in the put it in the bathroom. Put it where in the where you go to the bathroom. Might as well think about God then too. Do you hear me? We need to be we need to be positioning ourselves for power. We need to be positioning ourselves for power. We need to be reminded of it that God's power is unlimited. God doesn't get tired. God God doesn't grow weary. God doesn't go to bed. God's ready. He has unlimited energy. He created the universe and then said, what am I going to do next? Think about that. Think about Genesis 1 and him creating the universe. And in my mind, how simple it looks for him to have done it. I'm sure it wasn't simple at all. But when you're God and you're all-powerful, the most complex thing, in my mind, complex things to him are simple. You know, as a child, I see things that my dad would do, and they looked so complex because I wasn't capable. My muscles weren't formed. My mind didn't know how to do it, but he did it in such, with such ease. Something as simple, I worked at my parents' house when they were restoring it, and I worked with my uncle just digging holes. I, I loved that job. Digging holes. We'd move dirt from here and then move it over there. Then they'd say, no, we don't want that dirt there. We'd move it over here. So that's that's what I did. I just moved. Where do y'all want the dirt today? They'd, they'd be, you're right. It needs to be over there. Okay. Um, but I noticed that working with my uncle, things went about four times faster for him than it did for me. And it wasn't because he was giving more effort. It's because he knew what he was doing. Something as simple as digging a ditch. He knew what he was doing. God knows what he's doing. We're sitting down here fumbling around trying to figure out how to make things work when God says, I got it. Come with me. I want you to know my thoughts. I want you to know my power. Try to work with me. It's going to go much easier for you. Would you like to tap into that kind of power? It's available. Number two, when else?